Welcome to the Positively You podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Larson, and I'm passionate about helping you shift the way you think so you can create a life you're absolutely obsessed with. Each week, I'll be bringing you a guest or a thought that's going to help you feel more optimistic and equipped to take real action. Get ready to push past limiting beliefs, ditch that negativity, and start showing up as the best and most positive version of you. Girl, let's do this. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Positively You podcast. I'm Jesse, and I'm so excited about our conversation today. We're going to dive into the topic of emotional eating a little bit with my guest here. I have Lauren Chanty. Did I say your last name correctly? Chante. It's okay. It's totally fine though. Lauren Shante. <laughs> Shante. That's much prettier than the way I said it. Um, anyway, it I am so excited to talk to you about emotional eating today and want to just dive into your background a little bit and what it is that you do and how you help women to lean into wellness and living their best life through that modality. Yeah, totally. So I am a wellness strategist, which means that I essentially help women to stop jumping from diet to diet and find what works for their unique bodies and lives through some tools that I've created. So I was in the fitness industry for um, about 12 years before I finally decided to go out and create my own method because I just really felt that what I was seeing out there for women was not um, serving them. And I had almost developed an eating disorder after I had my first child and really started to recognize at that moment that um, it wasn't really so much about me having work that needed to be done as much as it was about a lot of the toxic things that were coming in from the outside world that needed to be torn down. So the work that I do now really seeks to help women get the results that they're looking for while protecting their sanity and their mental health. Yeah. I love that. And that's something that I would love to dive into and talk about with you a little bit is just the nature of the messaging that we are constantly seeing and constantly bombarded with. And that's kind of what like the kicking point was for you for getting out there was realizing like, oh my gosh, this messaging is nuts. Yeah, totally. So I think something that, um, is a really great place to start is I don't think we always recognize that food dieting and fitness are profitable, right? And um, anything that's profitable usually has a marketing team behind it. And most of the information that we get about health, wellness, fitness, weight loss usually comes from some sort of source that is marketing, right? Whether it's a commercial or a TV show or Instagram, like social media is usually marketing something. And for something to be marketable, there need to be three things going on. Number one, the person you're marketing to needs to believe that they have a problem. Number two, they need to believe that that problem is solvable. And number three, preferably they want to believe that that problem can be solved easily and painlessly. So there's literally millions of dollars of marketing budget going towards making sure that women know that they have a problem. Now, does that sound like it's a really very mentally healthy thing to you, Jesse? <laughs> Absolutely not. Like, yeah, the key message is that you have a problem or you are the problem and yeah, not healthy. Exactly. And so you segued really well into that, the message that you are a problem. Well, that goes hand in hand with us having to believe that the solution is easy and painless, right? That's something they kind of push forward. So because of that, there's just so much going on with our mindsets about health and wellness. It's just really, really toxic because the bottom line is it's really not us. Health and wellness is a really 
complicated topic. And I really like to look at the anthropology of weight and our bodies to understand this a little bit more. So if you went back to like the days of the hunters and gatherers, we never consciously regulated our weight. Like you wouldn't wake up and roll up your cave and your loincloth and be like, well, I think I'm not going to eat so many tree nuts today because, you know, my loincloth is a little tight. Like that's not what would happen, right? Our weight naturally regulated based on how much food was or was not available in the environment coupled with our intuition. Like we were really in touch with our bodies when it came to how much to eat, how much not to eat and what types of foods to eat within the kind of limited scope that we had in our environment. So we fast forward now to 2022, where we live in a really food rich environment. We have as much food as we could possibly want at all times, unless you're one of those people who suffers from food insecurity, which I always want to acknowledge people who are in that position too. Um, But as a result, we are now having to consciously manage our weight for the first time. And we are not designed to do that. So there's a lot of complications that are coming out of the fact that we have to think about our weight now. And then on top of that, all of the conditions in our society make it so that we're so out of touch with our bodies. We have to be to live the American way. Like if you're tired or you're hungry, but you have a meeting or you have a deadline at work, you push through it. You deny your body's signals. You deny your body's impulses and you don't give it what it needs, right? If you have children and you're not raising your children in a tribal environment anymore, as moms, we literally burn ourselves out and exhaust ourselves and ignore everything that our bodies need to take care of our families. So we're in this perfect storm where it's like everything is stacked against us, but that's not what we're hearing in mainstream media and mainstream fitness marketing and then the products that are put out there. And even worse, like when you have a problem, you have to get to the root of it to solve it. If you have chronic headaches, your doctor's not just going to ask you to take Tylenol for the rest of your life. Your doctor's going to take you through tests and figure out the root of it, right? But the root of our issues with weight and wellness and all these toxic mindsets would really require like the destructuring of our entire society, like putting away social media, not working in organized offices, not having like the whole system we have. And we're not going to do that. So we're living in a really difficult situation where we're trying to make ourselves well in this environment that's just stacked against us. And all of the marketing out there is telling us that we're the problem when that's literally not true. Yeah. I I mean, it sounds like, wow, that's a lot. That's heavy. But I mean, good news is, is we're not the problem. It's not us, but we are in this environment that, yeah, we're not going to be deconstructing the entire way that society is done right now. But knowing that, right, like information and knowledge is the first like step to having power and being able to change and, and fix things. So it's not all bad news, right? Sorry, like a dark and stormy right from the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, but that's, you know, we need to be aware of that. And I think, that's the first step with everything that I say like that, that awareness is number one. If you don't have that, then you're just living blissfully unaware of what's actually affecting you and what's going on. And so I, I love that. That's your point is actually taking that step back and realizing, okay, what's our situation? What's our environment? What's really the messaging and really the problem. And it's not actually me. (laughs) So much more space to approach it from a place of compassion instead of a place of shame. uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're at this place then where we're, like you said, we're out of touch with our bodies and our minds and just, and out of touch. So what, what do you do to get more in touch and to put yourself back into that like proactive mode a little bit more? 
Yeah, totally. So I'm really passionate about kind of a more structured approach to getting people back in touch with their bodies. So I actually created a journal that helps you to take data on yourself and to learn how to evaluate how the things you're doing are actually affecting your body. So it's got um, options for you to like write what you ate in the day, how you felt in different ways, rate how you're feeling on a scale of one to 10 um, in various different areas. So that when you're really out of touch in your body, you can start to see on paper, oh my gosh, when I do this, I feel this way. When I do this, I don't feel that way. And it kind of starts to scaffold your ability to connect to what's working for you or not. And the beautiful thing about it too, is we oftentimes we look outside of ourselves for what we're supposed to be putting into our bodies. And um, because of that, we waste a lot of time and energy on things that aren't actually making an impact on our body, which is really exhausting. Like, especially if you're a mom and, you know, a woman who works, like you don't have that much extra time and energy, right? So we really can't afford to waste all of that goodness on things that aren't going to be serving where we're trying to go. So that's where I really like to start. The program's called Your Daily Journal. It's on uh, my website if anybody's interested. Awesome. I will link over to that as well, because that sounds amazing. And again, like I said, leaning into that awareness, which I love so much. Okay. So you've got your daily journal and you're doing that. You know, one of the, the messaging that I hear a lot or a word that's really popular. And I mentioned at the beginning of the episode is emotional eating. We, we think like, oh, you know, it gets the end of the night and I'm just emotionally eating or, um, you know what I mean? Where you just reach for the bag of chips and you're Netflixing and it's just, you're done, but you think that it might not be emotional eating. You call it something else. Yeah. I have this thing I talk about called brain dead eating and to kind of draw back to what I was talking about at the beginning, like having to make everything marketable means oftentimes we really dumb down our understanding of wellness and fitness topics because it needs to be like easy to understand for people. And so we oftentimes with the general public don't see people really diving into like the real corners of information and like the different innovative things because it's too complicated for people so it doesn't it doesn't really get to light so i first came upon this idea of brain dead eating when i was reading a book by a woman who i love her name is tanya dalton um and in her book i I have this quote is it okay if i read the quote jesse absolutely i i saved it because i love it so much um She says that moment at the end of the day, when you feel brain dead, that feeling is real. Your brain is literally running out of calories and simply can't function. It's not about willpower or discipline. Your brain simply has no gas left in the tank and no real desire to make good choices. Most times we aren't even aware we're low on mental energy and our brain continues working, but starts to look for shortcuts. It does this in two different ways. One, it acts impulsively. In other words, it stops spending the energy needed to to think through our actions. Or two, it does nothing. It simply chooses not to choose. Our perfectly rational brain loses its ability to make good decisions when we overload it with work. In a Stanford University study, researchers divided students into two groups. Group A had to memorize a two-digit number, while group B memorized a seven-digit number. After memorizing the number, they were asked to walk down a hall where they were offered two snack choices, a piece of cake or fruit salad. Students who memorized seven digits were more than twice as likely to choose the unhealthy snack as group A. When we give the brain extra work, in this case, simply five extra numbers to memorize, it gets overloaded and loses the ability to make good decisions. Isn't that like so powerful to to have a small difference? And so something that um, the book's called The Joy of Missing Out, by the way, I realized I forgot to say that. But one of the things I think that we really need to talk about is that women often bear a huge mental load 
in the families compared to our partners. And like, I'm totally pro man. I love my husband. I love men. But like, this is very established in research on women's issues right now. So we, if you make a list of all the things that women are in charge of in a household compared to all the things that men are, even if women work outside the home, usually the woman's list is a lot longer, right? Yes. And And it's that mental list too, that like invisible list. Yes. Remembering the leprechaun trap that's going to be due on St. Patrick's Day and like making sure that the uniforms for sports get washed in time because you only have two uniforms for soccer. You know what I'm saying? Like, so we as women, we're conditioned to think that we're the problem, right? And then on top of that, we get to the end of the day and we're like, oh, I'm emotional eating, emotionally eating because I'm the problem because something's wrong with me because no one's saying, no, you're emotionally eating because your brain is done because you're literally carrying the universe on your shoulders for your family. And you know what? You get to be done at the end of the day. Your brain gets to be done. But let's call it, let's call it what it is and stop putting shame on top of it because that's not going to help us get anywhere. Amen. (laughs) Like... There you go. You're released from that shame because yeah, it's that marketing. Like you're the problem. You're emotionally eating. You don't have willpower, but it's the system that we're in that creates this whole problem. And then we just label it as you're weak. Totally. And then God forbid, if you're on a diet too, dieting makes you more likely to binge on things. That's just something we know about diets because your brain's preferred source of fuel is actually carbohydrate. So when you're on a diet, usually the first thing that people do is cut carbs, right? They cut down carbs either a little bit or they go all full bore and they go keto and the carbs are gone, right? Well, your brain is not so super happy about that. And so you very well may very likely at the end of the day, just your brain may really be shouting out for carbs because that's its preferred source of energy. But you're going to think to yourself, oh, this is my first day on a diet. I must just really be bad at this because here it is. It's my first day and I'm already craving a cupcake at nine o'clock. But it's actually yeah. your body's natural physiological response. And researchers have found that having carbs in the evening can actually help to level out your hormone levels that regulate hunger. So like if you eat a carb in the evening on Saturday, on Sunday, your appetite might be more even because your hunger hormones are being regulated. But we're not conditioned to think that way. We're conditioned to think, oh, I'm bad or I'm naughty or I cheated or I'm not motivated enough. And that's just so damaging. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting to hear all of this because yeah, there's just this damaging messaging that we've heard for so long that makes us just feel bad. Like, Oh, I just can't do this. I don't have the willpower. And, and it's all of these, these things that really are not our fault. And you even mentioned, um, to me, caffeine, Oh, that caffeine, you know, and hi, like where I live, I don't know. You're over on the East coast here in Utah. We have a soda shop on literally every corner. Like we love our soda here. And so it's just caffeine, caffeine, caffeine. We're like on an IV drip. Hi, what in the world is caffeine doing to us? Okay. Yeah. And listen, I'm saying this as a former coffee addict. Like I have only been (laughs) off, I've been completely off of coffee for a month and a half, but there was literally a point in this whole journey of coming off of coffee where I was like, I made shoes coffee over my life. Like I made shoes. (laughs) But um, I mean, the logical way to think of it is caffeine blunts your hunger response. Like if you have a cup of coffee, it's going to make you feel like eating less. And a lot of us, because we're moms and we're not sleeping well, and we're really busy, we're just drinking coffee all day. Like I was a two or three cup of coffee person um, and it blunts your hunger response. So if you're somebody who drinks a lot of coffee, 
you may not be eating as many calories as your body wants you to, because you're stifling that intuitive relationship between you and your appetite by throwing caffeine in there. So if we think about it, we usually stop drinking coffee around three or four o'clock. If you're like a reasonable human being, no matter how much you drink, you're going to stop then, right? So between four o'clock and 10 o'clock, you're awake, but you no longer have caffeine in your system. Well, when do you think your body is going to finally get to let you know that you're hungry? It's going to be between four and 10 o'clock when you stop putting an appetite suppressant in your system. So exactly. all these people probably who drink a ton of coffee are like, oh, I always overeat at night. I'm always an emotional eater at night. Cause that's oftentimes the thing that women say to me is that it's usually at night and they're not connecting the fact that they're probably not eating enough during the day. And even if they are eating, it's probably not things that they were eating um, that were going to serve them. Because when you have a lot of caffeine, like you're not really hearing your body's signals to eat for like vegetables and protein and healthy fats, you're more so going to eat for pleasure. Like, because, oh, there's some nice caramel popcorn there. I'm not really hungry, but I love caramel popcorn. So I guess I'll just eat it. Or I'm not really hungry, but you know, there is some cupcakes that somebody brought in and I really love that bakery. So I'm going to eat it even though I'm not hungry. Right. So you may be eating things that are not nourishing you and not stabilizing your system. And like in your head, you think that you're eating, but you're really not satiating your body and you're not hearing about it until you stop the caffeine drip for the day. Yeah. Well, and then you've got that caffeine drip stopping, right? About four o'clock and then we do dinner. And so you've been go, go, going all day. Your mind has been going. And I think you get the combination of the caffeine stopping. And also it's finally bedtime. The kids are finally gone. It's me time. Or wine o'clock, some women, wine o'clock. Oh, exactly, exactly. And so it's just this like perfect storm where if you can take a step back and be like, oh my gosh, it might not be emotional eating. It's A, B, C, D, E, F, G, all of these things. Uh, And let's talk about like wine and and drinking after kids go to sleep too. Because I think a lot of us forget that alcohol lowers your inhibition. So if you're already at a point where you're you're brain dead, and we just heard in that quote from Tanya Dalton that your brain loses inhibition, you lose ability to control your decisions when you're brain dead, then we add some alcohol into it, which is going to lower your inhibition further. And then we add on the fact that you've been suppressing your appetite for the whole day with either caffeine or choosing the diet. Like this is just, it's like, who wouldn't overeat? (laughs) Who wouldn't? It would be like so hard not to. Oh, exactly. I mean, so good news. Like you're, you're not alone. This isn't, if this is you and you're like, you know, I think a lot of times we put shame, so much shame around emotional eating and it's such a secrecy thing. And I mean, to like, does it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, welcome to the club. You're not alone. And also it's not your fault. Mm-hmm. And now that you know, all of this information, what are the next steps then? If you're like, oh, okay. Like, it's not that I don't have willpower. It's not this, it's my environment. It's the messaging. It's all of these things that we've touched on. Where do you take your clients next. Yeah. So this whole mindset overhaul is just amazing because it frees up your mental energy to stop like wasting it on all these toxic mindsets and to start taking in new ways of doing things. Right. So once we tear down these toxic mindsets, I really try to build people back up with ideas that will be good for them. So we talk a lot about like, okay, now that we have a realistic understanding of what is really going on in the world, let's talk about how things should be done. Right. So we talk about um, the psychology of habit change, because what I'm really passionate about is not just having like a meal plan and overhauling everything at once. I'm passionate about doing small habits um, 
over time. And the reason I am is because the number one key to lifelong wellness is consistency. And the reason a lot of people struggle with consistency is because life has good times and bad times. And when we get to those bad times, many of us are ill-equipped to get through them without losing our wellness routines because our wellness routines are just too um, energy intensive for us. Like we have to meal plan. We have to weigh our food. We have to put it in Tupperware. Like all this stuff that's just really super um involved right yeah and then you get to a point where maybe you have a sick kid or you have a parent who's aging or like your spouse loses their job the first thing that's going to go out the window is that time intensive energy intensive management of your wellness so what i'm really passionate about is resetting your autopilot that means the things that you do without even thinking about it like i always joke when i go to the grocery store with my three kids my brain cannot think because i'm like oh my gosh the three-year-old's gonna knock the jar off off the shelf the kids are hitting each other with the card again. My six-year-old's running away. Like, I can't think at the grocery store. If there was a list, it will be on the ground somewhere in aisle two. And I am just like putting in from memory what I need, right? But the beautiful thing yep. is because I've reset my autopilot habits, I always leave that store with the things that serve me. And when we go to the refrigerator, if you've reset your autopilot habits, you could be on the phone in the middle of a meeting with kids tugging at your legs trying to get you to do something that you will eventually automatically search for or search and take out something that serves your body from the fridge with no extra mental energy expenditure. I and mean, that, that is what really gets us through the peaks and valleys of life without losing our wellness routine. So that's what I'm so passionate about working on with my clients. Yeah. What I love so much. That is what I'm all about. Like that small, 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 break it down, break it down, break it down. So that, yeah, when life does hit you, you've got that like bare minimum baseline to kind of like, okay, I can't do the full <laughs> throttle thing, but like, this is where we like live. This is where everything is, is set up. And so I love that so much. So do you have, um, like a couple of things in your back pocket that are like, okay, this is a good example of where to start of what a small start would be. Yeah. So definitely that first step I talked about with getting rid, uh, getting in touch with what's actually working for your body. That's the first step so that you're not doing things that waste energy. And then after that, the next step that we move into is really learning about the science of habit change and like how to apply it to your life. And I, I could not even touch the surface of it on a podcast, sadly, because it is so much information, but, um, a great book to start with is atomic habits. I love that one by James Clear. It's a great book. If you just want to book. Your yes. Other than it was that, in my, that was for my book club in January. So yeah, yeah. we're yeah. on the and same page. That, and then my wellness coaching program is called cracking the wellness code. And I specifically apply not just James Clear's methods, but a lot of other psychology about wellness and habit change to wellness in that program. So literally telling you how to choose what to change when to change it, why to change it, what to do if it doesn't work, like it's all laid out in there. It takes honestly like a good six weeks to teach it. So I wish I could go into more detail about it. <laughs> no, that is awesome. And, you know, I love being able to point people to awesome resources. So if this is like resonating with you where you're like, yes, this is what I need. This is where I need to jump in. That's why I bring on the experts. That's why I bring on the people who are passionate about the things that they teach. And so I love that that's what something that you have to offer. And I will have a link in, in the description notes and over on my podcast or over on my uh, website to be able to get to you over there. Um, besides that, are there any other offerings that you offer or where can people come to find you and to find out 
more and follow you and get all of your tips and all the things. Well, I put together a little checklist and like journal prompt for this particular episode for you guys who are listening. So you can really like take what we talked about and dive into it and apply it to your own situation. So you can get that at laurenchante.com forward slash positively you. Um, that spelling is L-A-U-R-E-N-C-H-A-N-T-E.com. And then you can put your email address and get that as a download. I think it's pretty awesome. Um, Perfect. Yes, you can always catch me over on my website, on Instagram. I'm at Lauren Shante Official. Um, the only other program I have is in addition to doing like your daily journal and cracking the wellness code, which are kind of like self-study. I do an intensive program where it's the same information, but people get to work with me one-on-one four times a month. And I basically hold your hand while we tear down everything about your mindsets about wellness and build everything back up again over six months. It's called Wellness Reborn. And I love it. It's one of my favorites. I love working with women that closely. I can tell you, do you guys, one of my favorite things or least favorite things about the podcast is that you can't see us, which I'll be honest, sometimes is very good. Cause a lot of times we do show up here in a messy bun and pajamas, but when I get to interview someone and ask them the details about what they do and your face just lights up, like, I know that this is what you are so passionate about and about seeing that change in women, the women that you're helping and getting them to a place where they're not reading into all of that toxic messaging anymore and they feel good and they're living and they, they are eating well and they're supporting their bodies and they're just happy and positive and feeling good. I can just, I can tell so much that that's what you're so passionate about. And, and so if this is, you know, if you feel that release, that freedom from emotional eating, that it's not your fault, (laughs) that it's not, you know, we've mentioned a willpower thing or a motivation thing, or I just can't stick to this. Please, please, please go check out Lauren because she is like ready to go, ready to help you hit those goals and shift and change, which I love so much. Um, I have loved this conversation with you, Lauren. Is there anything else that you want to like leave with us or that I have forgotten to ask you? <laughs> no, I mean, I guess the only thing I love to finish with is just that your wellness journey is not about your body. It's about you showing up in the world to live the purpose that God gave you. Um, even if you maybe don't necessarily know what that is yet, but like my whole reason for doing what I do is because the world needs you to be the best and brightest version of you. And you can't do that if you're being dragged down by toxic mindsets and hating your body and Like there's a problem. So time to get rid of that. Oh my goodness. I could not end on a better note. A hundred percent. I agree with you on that. Get it all out of the way so that you can, you can show up in the world how you need to and live just your best and brightest. So Lauren, oh my goodness. Thank you so much for being on here. I'm sure we will chat again soon. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jesse. Bye everybody. Thank you for hanging out with me again today. I'm so glad you pressed play. If you want to take a quick second to share this episode with someone you think would love it too, that would be amazing. If you're loving the show, make sure you go and leave a review on iTunes. Reviews are like magic for podcasts and your review will help get this show into the ears of more amazing women just like you. And come find me over on Instagram. I'm there at positively.jesse, and I cannot wait to hang out with you some more. So until next time, have an amazing week.